Design Podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Zlinger, and with me as always is Travis Scott. <gasps> am I? Yes, yes I am. I'm here. I'm I'm here and ready to go. Hmm, yes you are. Just did a big snort of cocaine. I mean Coke, I mean Pepsi Max. That's Trevor's Trevor's hyped up tonight. He's been he's got a straw up his nose into the Pepsi Max. He's got that maximum Don't you know it. <laughs> energy, no sugar. What was the I don't know. Maximum blast. Max Pepsi taste, blast. no sugar. Maximum taste, yes. Trevor is tasting at his maximum. Anyway. Uh, what is what is this show? What are we doing, Trevor? Uh, this show is called Bitstorm, as I can see on your shirt, because you're wearing a, a branded shirt, which you can find at, what is it, Teespring? Tea Public? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those. Google Bitstorm <laughs> t-shirts, I guess. Um, what are we doing tonight? We're, we're just going to do some, like, regular old click pitch, like we, like we always do. Yeah, we've never done anything different. No. We're up to nearly 300 episodes of- just that. Just the exact same thing every week. Mm. It's no not- wonder it's- our audience loves us. Clickfitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we are each going to get a new uh, phrase, an adjective and a noun, throw them at each other and make a game design from it. So Trevor, three, two, one, click. Three, two, one, click, unsound catering. Required fog. Ooh. This makes me think of like a spooky catering- like the Transylvanian vampire mansion. Mm, yeah. And there's a fog that's sort of r- rolled in, but it's just, you know, it's part of the atmosphere. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of how- It's catering in Silent Hill. There we go. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know enough about Silent Hill to really go deep on it, but I think the vibe of that, yes. Yeah. But I think with maybe some more traditional creatures and monsters. Now, unsound, uh, I'm, I can- I can see that as like sound is maybe not the um not the key thing here. May- maybe this is a I- deaf character. Okay, interesting. Um, we could add in an element of that. I'm trying to think how that will play out gameplay wise. Just it's all no through like I'm, I'm picturing haptics. that it's it's all haptics. So you're feeling things, you're seeing things, and well, so where I was going with the gameplay is that you are the caterer, like you are you know, catering some sort of event, uh, I guess, you know, in a very hotel Transylvania kind of way at this place, I'm getting vibes, maybe not as wacky. Uh, but you have to deal with people's, like, allergies and stuff because you can't serve garlic to fucking vampires. There's nothing with garlic in it to vampires, right? Like, uh, you can't serve things to werewolves in silver bowls or with silver spoons. And so it's sort of, a, I guess, a bit of a spinning plates or a bit of a, you know, logistical game where you're putting together the different things and trying to meet the requirements, uh, you know, while meeting certain restrictions. But I guess maybe also you're deaf. Maybe the reason you can do this job is because you aren't susceptible to, like, the banshees and succubi that are present at these sorts of events. So it makes me wonder what, given that sound is quite, quite um you know critical in a lot of games yeah what would happen if there was no sound whatsoever would that take away from i think it yes i think you'd have to have something uh whether you're kind of doing it in a way where you've got muffled or or that you are translating the the 
movements and, and like things in some way into sound mm-hmm. so that you kind of are evoking being deaf without actually, or I mean, or we just make it literally a game for people who are deaf. <laughs> who are deaf. Um, I mean, I'm just wondering, would this work well as a VR game? And you've got sort of like do. the haptics in the, um, mm. in the hand controllers. And as you're picking things up, obviously, um, you can sort of maybe feel if there's a big Yeti sort of character coming coming up towards you, you actually, you know. Well, and you could (laughs) represent some of it visually too, um, to sort of, you know, show that your deaf character has sensed certain things. Uh, I do kind of like the idea of a VR game where it's not just that there's no sound, it's that, like, you're playing white noise or something to actually make it so that you are completely, you can't hear anything else. Um, Now, I I said, you said white noise and white noise is so... Harsh. Well, you know, pink noise. Pink, noise. pink or brown, because brown noise is quite nice as well. Uh, like it's just a softer, less harsh. Um, yeah, just don't do the brown note. No, no, you've got to be very careful with the brown note. Um, yeah, we've got to tell our sound designers. We've got to be very specific. Yeah, you can use brown noise or pink noise. Just don't use the brown or pink notes. Yeah, be careful with autocorrect typing brown noise because if it changes to brown note, then yeah, then it you- just gets messy and we get sued. Yeah. It's a problem. It's happened before. I think if if you were deaf, obviously to know if someone's coming, you're you're relying on uh, feeling, which is it comes yeah. from the haptics. You're relying on looking at you know the line, but you may also have like um, say at one stage three different lines that you're dealing with. So you get well. I was actually more picturing that um, that it's more of a you're moving through the crowd with like trays of like with food and. And things. I mean, you could do it both. Like maybe you have, you're working in the buffet or something, or you're working, yeah, you're working the tables, but then you have sections or whatever where it's like, oh no, you need to circulate, circulate the hors d'oeuvres or whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of, then it could literally be a, you know, oh, you, you've got to remember, okay, left hand, I've got, you know, garlic knots and, and whatever. And then in my right hand, I have artificial, blood <laughs> artificial blood or artificial garlic knots. So you can give the artificial garlic knots to the, um, right, to the vampires. Yeah. And <laughs> but like literally it's a, it's a situation where you, if you get close enough to someone with a tray, they will reach out and take it. So you're having to like, maneuver yourself and move around and make and keep certain trays out of certain people's reach while bringing them other trays and like if they don't get food on time they get pissy and yeah well yeah it's it's like one of those things that i know when i go to parties i always try to uh organize myself to be in the perfect prime position to get food every time food comes out of out of the kitchen yeah well, yeah, and this, so this is the opposite. You need to put yourself in the perfect prime position that everyone gets the food they need. Well, I kind of like it's almost a um, not quite a rhythm game, but I'm thinking that you you know you have to keep the tray within that area for a certain amount of time. Like if you move it through quick through too quickly after they've grabbed something and they don't get to put it in the dipping sauce, like they're going to be less happy. But you can see that the vampire next to them, you're getting too close, like they're getting too close, and they're going to reach for the garlic knot, and you know then you're going to have trouble on your hand. You're not going to get tipped very well if the vampire turns to dust in the middle of your- Well, I don't think garlic turns into dust. It just turns no, them away. Or, like, yeah, but it'll make them sick if they eat it. Or it might burn their hands. Not sure. Or they just don't like the smell. Like, they've got really, really good noses uh, and they can smell things and they just don't like the smell of garlic because it's too pungent. Maybe that's what it's all about. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Three to one. Sure. Illegal supply. Discontinued, which 
<laughs> okay, I like the idea of like someone smuggling magic ingredients or something. Um, was it W I T C H? W I T C H. Um, so I don't think the witch themselves is discontinued. No. I think it's like discontinued illegal supply of things. Like it's maybe you're you're someone who who gets things for witches. Like you are the person that they send for when they need something that they can't find anywhere else. I like you that. You know, a bit of a- What was the fucking Jason Statham- Didn't he have one where he, like, delivered stuff? The transporter. Transporter, yeah. You're a bit of a transporter, but for a magical yeah. realm. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, some of it might be actually, like, stealing the stuff or just, like, yeah, like, yeah, stealing it and getting away. So, I think it's partially vehicle-based. Okay. So, what type of vehicles? Are we talking- this is like an another world sort of thing where yeah I don't know there's there's uh something nice about having it be a contemporary time like modern t- modern times but with magic involved mm-hmm. so that you are just like driving around in cars and stuff but you can you know perform spells or like drop a fucking potion out the back that <laughs> I don't know creates a portal that they fall into and transport some fifty feet you know hundred meters in the air or something. Um, um, okay, so just a little bit of world building here. What powers these vehicles? Well, before before we go down that path, <laughs> that is tempting, but also I kind of like the idea of just an open world fantasy-ish world where you're maybe like riding around on a broomstick. Like, that's kind of cool too. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm liking the contemporary thing. You kind you of like saw me on that. Thing. But okay. I want to know what these cars run on. Because they can't be run on petrol and fossil fuels. Like, that just, doesn't, that just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so we're talking a modern- So, we're talking the modern version of a fantasy world, though. We're not just our world with magic. No, it's a modern version of a fantasy world that witches and, you know, knights and dragons, they're all there, but they've just also got technology. They've figured- Yeah, they've, their technology is advanced. Okay, well, I mean, I think- the, the cars probably run on some sort of potion, right? Like some sort of magical concoction. Mm. Uh, I think they still kind of look like old fashioned horse and carriages. Like not, not without the horses. Yeah. They look like they're, like, they're very carriage like still. Um, with some modern touches like a spoiler or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and- you know, if you the if you engine block out the front, if you turn if you turn on the um the radio, it's like you get the local bard station and that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> totally. Um, it's all loot, all loot, all the time, all, all loot, all the time. You're listening to Bard One O Seven B A R D. <laughs> Something about that that just it. It brings a smile to my heart. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, that's great. <laughs> all loot, all the time. ba 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 bard And then just- <laughs> 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 unless, you get, unless you get some, like, heavy, heavy metal loot like some, put some distortion on them. And, and it's it's all sung in, like, Aboleth or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, like some abyssal language or language or something. Um, okay, I like that a lot. Uh, so, I mean, we're essentially kind of moving towards Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto, Auto fantasy, fantasy, but- In a way. There's something about magical. that that I want to hear on the radio, you know, you know, about the giants aren't very happy in Up in the Clouds, that they're, you know- Oh, right, yeah. You know, they, oh, yeah, they've well, been like causing it. rainstorms recently because, you know, they're, they've been disappointed in all the smog that's been coming up and- <laughs> The magical smog. 
Yeah, yeah. These these cars are just like churning out blue, purple, green smoke out the out the back, depending on you know what specific thing they're running on. Um, okay, I like that a lot. I like that. Yeah. So, so this world building has a lot of stuff here. Now we need to talk about. Well, the game is that you're a transporter. You you go and collect collect the magical ingredients. You so collect. Do the, we um, want to? Do we want to follow the rock star kind of? Uh, formula of open world, but story missions, or do we want to make it a bit more systems based, a bit more, um, uh, what's the word? I hate this word always gets stuck before I can get it out. What's the word when it all comes together as part of a system? Emergent. Uh, <laughs> do we want to make it a bit more emergent sort of where it's more about the cool things that happen as you like? I mean, I, I yeah. like I like a bit of a, a mix of that, where you kind of mm. had in, say, Breath of the Wild and that sort of stuff. You did have mm. some real emergent gameplay happening throughout, but you also had like here are your big tentpole stories, and here are some yeah. more smaller side quests that maybe a bit. Then, like I've been playing, I went back to Death Stranding last couple of weeks. Oh, I, ne- um, I need to actually go through that. Yeah, I've got I, the first time I played it, I bounced off it pretty quickly. But I've been I've been enjoying it this time. I've gotten a lot deeper. I'm up to chapter three. Nice. Um, I own it. I just got some. To- that's got some really cool system stuff in it. Like there's a lot of systems that work together in interesting ways in there. But then, yeah, as you sort of, I mean, it, it, this one it, in this game is very much about you're sort of unlocking new areas as you go because you're the whole thing is you're sort of making your way across the country, but. Then you get to a chapter point. It's like, oh, like you get a bunch of story stuff. You get, you know, I guess one of the things I like about Death Stranding is that it does have a lot of story stuff going all at one time, but it's in like the deliveries that you're doing. It's like, oh, this delivery is essentially a story delivery, um, but you don't have to take it right away. You can take it at some other time. and It still involves all the systems. You know, so that differs a bit from something like Grand Theft Grand Theft Auto, where once you trigger a story mission, the situations are the, going the to be world much the kind same. of the, the world the, kind of changes changes around the story that you're in. A yeah, bit whereas more. with Death Stranding, like if you've sort of, I guess, grinded ground, grinded, you might have like built a bunch of bridges and like ropes and ladders and stuff. So it's actually going to make that story mission that little bit easier because um, it's more about just. You, that thing needs to get to that place. If the story isn't really in the getting there, it's in having it done, and then you see more of the story. So I don't know. I, I think a mix between those. Yeah, I, I start. Works I well. start thinking about like the emergent gameplay that was coming out of like the Far Cries and that sort of stuff. That's yeah, yeah. That's something yeah. that I'm kind of interested in. But yeah, that would work well here. You can have a lot of essentially a lot of nice systems that that work well together to create that kind of emergent gameplay, but still have story in there that can be affected by those systems. Like I'd I'd love to turn up at a witch's place that, you know, you've you've got the ingredients, but there's like a dwarf versus fairy battle going on out at the front that is making it harder for you to get get through without illegal fairy dust or Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, if you've if you've done another mission or a, or like changed a certain dynamic in the factions based on other things you've then maybe you can influence whether or not you know it, it that that dwarf fairy battle is more or less likely to happen because of where the front lines of their particular you know, war is going on that, that you have an influence on too mm. yeah that's cool yeah i like that i like that a lot 
I kind of don't want it to be gritty. There's something about- No, like, I think it needs to be a bit lighter. It needs to be almost too clean, if you know what I mean. All the magic users are, are literally using cleaning spells continuously and they've, they've made it <laughs> so mean, sparkly clean that it's, there's something almost, yeah. um, almost wrong about the town that it just, it feels too bright and bubbly. I mean, honestly, I was kind of getting a King's Quest vibe from it a bit. That kind of w- level of whimsy where there's serious shit happening, but I mean, you can't kind of take it too seriously when, yeah, there's like, Elves and goblins and fairies and gnomes and leprechauns, giants and, and leprechauns, and like you pull from every different fairy tale. Fairy tale, yeah, fairy. T- I mean, I guess that's it. We're talking more fairy tale than fancy than, than fantasy. I think uh, for sure. Which is there's nothing wrong with that. I I really like no. that sort of stuff. And in fact, like- I, I think there's not enough done with specifically fairy tale. You know, fantasy. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying do it as a- just like Tolkien fantasy, you know? Do it as a, you know, wolf uh, wolf among us or whatever sort of level of, of stuff. I don't want it to be that sort of contemporary sort of thing. And don't necessarily call out the um the fairy tales directly. Like, you don't want no, to see- No, I don't think it's like, oh, you're doing a mission for Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but- there's there's no reason why you couldn't be going up against the gang called the Red Hoods or something like that. Like, well, again, I guess it depends on how, because that almost do- that almost does lean towards the sort of grittier, like modern, like which is fun to do, like a bit like Fables or something. Have you read Fables? Uh, a little. I bit, mean, that's yes. what Wolf Among Us was based on. But I mean, that yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I guess Wolf Among Us is a good touchstone for that. So I, did, I guess I suppose it, maybe we're just talking a middle ground there, where it's not quite dark green noir. Yeah, you're not you're not talking about um, you know your character is you know the big bad wolf turned blah blah blah. You know we or even that any character is. It's no. more just we're using those references. I love the idea. So this is a bit of an unrelated tangent, but just sort of again thinking of the modernization, but in a fairy tale context. Love the idea of skyscrapers. Like there's a fucking gingerbread skyscraper. Like the you know yeah. the candy house of of Hansel and Gretel, but uh, you know skyscraper. Maybe they've got their own. Maybe Hansel and Gretel are like big corporate CEOs. They took over from the witch. They took over the witch, and like they're exploiting all the they're exploiting all the witches to make candy buildings. They're like real estate moguls. H and J building ex- building H and G yeah. Uh, building extraordinaire or something like that. Like, yeah. don't yeah. call it out by by name. Yeah, doesn't need to be called out. Just little references here and there. BBW demolitions. Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, specialize in straw and and sticks. Uh, call someone else for the brick. That's not our, <laughs> not in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those those sorts of references, I think, could work really well. And then yeah. you're just- I think you're just random McRandom face. Like, you're just someone- And, uh, you know, let let them character create. Let them be- Let them be a wolf person or- Wolf person or- Or a little girl who happened to be- Who happened to grow up in- in the Red Hoods, yeah. which is actually, you know, that's the, um, like the girl guides of, of this. Right. Yeah. I, I, no, I kind of like that, that idea. Of- I like that as like a, the Red Hoods is like the girl, you know, yeah, the, the girl the scouts, the girl guides, the girl <laughs> scouts, 
Because, like, she made her way through the woods. Like, that was what she did. Mm-hmm. And what she was good at. And they, they you know, go up and they, they sell cookies out of their baskets or whatever. You know, that's it's kind of- Yeah. It's, it's, along, it's along the right lines. Well, you, um, you do missions for them. Deliver the cookies. <laughs> exactly. There's no reason why we couldn't be going down that, that sort of path. And that- <laughs> yeah, well, I think then, you know, I think that's that's built up a world in an interesting way that you can be doing missions- for both, the different factions, you know, story for- by story based and just system based to change reputation and and gain you know upgrades and stuff because oh you've done enough you've done enough missions for H and G you know built buildings or whatever oh now you get a house like you get a room you get an apartment in one of their buildings that you can deck out yeah with more candy because um, that's all they do it's all candy construction oh yeah. There's a whole debt. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, this is this is fraught. Given our history, I was going to say there's a whole dentistry industry that's <gasps> cropped up because everyone is just eating candy all the time and gingerbread. I think they, I think they're good in this world. Maybe they're good in this world. We turn that on its head. They're not traditionally. We have dentists as villains. But- no, it's because they're they're villainous, uh, villainous people who deal only in pain. Yeah, but in this world, because they have magical dentistry. If they're okay. They're like the paladins. They're like paladins. I'm going to wish. I'm going to wish that tooth right out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, well, okay. G- given though that we've said that, maybe the tooth fairy needs to be involved. Mm. There's a rot on the side that you know. <laughs> selling them to the tooth, the tooth fairy cartel. I, I'm I'm picturing the tooth fairy is is like the most disgusting over overgrown sort of like troll like fairy. Yeah, I like that. It's got like this armor huge made of teeth. Yeah, armor made of just children's teeth. It's yeah, like, it's like ah. scale mail. <laughs> <laughs> just all these overlapping children's teeth. It's disgusting. <laughs> but but she she's like a kingpin, right? Like she's a. Organized crime boss, essentially. Stealing children's teeth. Uh, <laughs> but working with the dentists. Well, I, I picture that the dentists, as they, you know, use their magic wands and, you know, um, magic, magic the teeth yeah. out and they take it over to the, to the tooth fairy shoot or, or the TF shoot yep. and they just drop it down and you just hear it sort of ting, ting, rattle, ting, 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 rattle ting, its ting. way through. And then you hear a low growl. <laughs> as as it just got another two. Um, that's- maybe it's part of- <laughs> I was going to say maybe teeth are part of the currency. No, maybe that's- No. Because uh, <laughs> are they just tubes running across the whole land then, just taking all these teeth from the different dentists? Well, I think- Because I'm I pitching think this as like a city. I think it's just like a, um, you know, it goes down into the sewer and it's just one of the extra pipes. It's just children's teeth. <laughs> it's the tooth pipe. <laughs> so uh, you, you've got um you got water pipes, you got sewage pipes, you got teeth pipes, and then you got fairy dust pipes because like right that's where you meant yeah I was uh, gonna say where's there's got to be something magical yeah because uh, I think fairy dust is like the uh, the equivalent of electricity in this world yeah it's kind of the base ingredient for a lot of for for all magic or whatever so you've but just I- got like tap you've got taps. Or like, like, is it, or maybe like a valve? Either valve or it's just an outlet that you plug something into the outlet and it's sort of like, it's almost a tube sort of thing, almost like, like a, a um, tube. Yeah. Yeah. But just yeah, like you, you know, plug it in, lock, lock it. it tight, and then you can see, yeah, they're all transparent. You can see the fairy dust make its way into whatever you've plugged in. 
your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know that it's some, something that we always seem to go down. Like, there's got to be something sinister going on. And the sinister thing was, like, people don't really, they don't really ask the question, where does all the fairy dust come from? Okay. Yes. I mean, just like in the, the same way that in our modern world, a lot of people don't really think about where their electricity is coming from. Yeah. So, we've got, like, a, essentially an equivalent of a climate crisis <laughs> of, like, dirty dirty, uh, pow- dirty fairy dust, where it's coming from. It's not renewable. Yeah, well, I, I kind it's of- cruel, not cruelty-free. It's not cruelty-free, and you, you actually- like, maybe early on in the game, you know, they're talking about, like, a dust crisis and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And then throughout the game, it's like, oh, crisis averted. But you notice that there's not so many fairies around anymore, like... Yeah, you eventually, like, track down the the fairy dust... Uh, you go to the fairy dust plant. The, the dust plant or whatever. And the dust plant, and it's just, like, fairies hooked up to paint shakers. <laughs> 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 that are that are in turn plugged in into like a dust pipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so like they're powering it themselves them constantly. It's <laughs> 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 <By> self-sustaining. Just <laughs> fucking. You stop one of them, and the fairy's got the classic like eyes rolling in its head. Or yeah, I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking whether there's actually a dust gland that they actually have, and what they've done is they've actually. You know, oh, taking right. the dust land out it's of all more these- like a surgical thing. A surgical thing. And then they hook all those up to paint shakers. Because there's something about, like, it's mm, just the gland just- that is just now- Right. Like, being- Kinetic energy. Can it, you know, that's interesting. And it just- So, do that- you start running into fairies then who, who've had their dust their, their dust gland removed? Yeah. And they're, they're incredibly violent. Because I think that- you know, they oh, it like kind of keeps them sane. It keeps them, yeah. I mean, it's changed their, their brain chemistry essentially. Like they they're no longer being fed by um by the dust. So it turns out that it's a hallucinogenic, and they were they were well, always just, high I mean, on their own magi- supply. You don't even need to go. You don't even need to go there. It's just magical, and that magic. You know, that magic is required to regulate their body essentially. It's part of their, literally part of their. Oh, I'm just saying to system. Saying to imagine that they, you know, they start to turn to like dust themselves, but it's like you know, growing older and older and older because it's the the magic that was sort of keeping them together, and they they're gradually mm. falling apart. Oh, you could go. I mean, you could go really gruesome with it. Like maybe they start. Maybe essentially, without the magic, there's some sort of cancerous sort of thing where they just start sprouting like tree branches or something out of random parts of their body, um, you know, stops them from flying because it's, like, embedded through one of their wings. You know, you just run into these these horrific fairies that have, that are, yeah. It's, it's actually reminded me of the, of the um, second, third, and fourth books of the Ender's Game series where you okay. had those, you had those little uh, creatures on, on that, planet where uh, he was speaker for the dead and they yeah. cut themselves open and they turned themselves into into trees oh, and it's right, sort of like yeah. it's got that sort of that sort of thing that yep. there's all these trees just popping up because it's a it's a rather quick process mm. but when you, when you realize fairies. where where it is coming from is from these fairies that have been yeah yeah i like that treeified they're essentially part of like the ecosystem where in a nat- in a naturally when a fairy dies you know it 
it uh, creates a new tree or something, but this is without the dust gland. It's it explodes up out of them. <laughs> like it's well, a- it's it's it, yeah, it's speeding up. It's making the process happen while they're alive. Essentially, that oh, it should only. Uh, uh, uh. It's something that <laughs> that otherwise would only happen after their death. Mm. Like of of any other sorts of yeah. That's wild. I really like this little world that we've built. Yeah, same. Um, I'm just wondering what else. Like, okay. I mean, do we have what sort of weapon? Like, are we talking? Again, GTA style where we've got, you know, combat. I think you uh, can have maybe some some simple melee combat because, mm. I don't know, super magic doesn't, you know, I kind of like this, the idea that this character is not super magical. They right. they work for the magical people. They work for the magical people by doing things that nor- that magical people they- don't normally <laughs> do, which is just kicking the shit out of human? people. Are you the, maybe, I mean, I know we talk, talked about character creation, but- it's kind of I'm kind of amused by the idea that you are a human that has been dropped into this world. There's no other humans in this world. It's just magical creatures. But you, in a very fairy tale esque way, have like fell, fallen through a portal into this fairy tale realm. But but you've been here for like ten years now, and this is what you realized you were good at is getting is just transporting things and so you're that's your role. <laughs> um but yeah, like so you're not magical yourself at all. You you utilize magical items yes. that are created for you and you like the fairy dust and stuff. Like they they created these magical eyeglasses for you so you could actually, you know, see a HUD sort of thing. <laughs> right. <Just great>. right. <laughs> they, but they haven't got quite got to the point of making you magical projectile weapons. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just helper items. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're a non-violent society, or at least a, you know, non-weapon society. But you're you're violent. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can fucking slap a goblin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. Three, two, one, slap a goblin. Three, two, one, slap a goblin. Sentimental poetry. Automated attribute. Hmm. Linguistic games always kind of- are difficult. Yes. Like if we're talking poetry, because obviously actually doing any sort of generated poetry yourself is just going to be terrible. But. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking like it's often better than like we can take the theme. We can take like maybe the character is a poet mm-hmm. or, um, you know, what, 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 what does a poet's, what's a poet's role in the world? <laughs> and then how do we bring in automation? In some way, I'm not sure. A poet in the in a robot, like in a future world where everyone's robots, like teaching robots what what. I'm I'm just wondering whether the is- uh, whether it's good to maybe have the poetry is like the MacGuffin sort of thing for for yeah. our character. I mean, we could have a very poetic game that is like I don't have obviously have a problem with poetry in a game if it's written by a poet like a poet. Um, if it was, if it was written by two, let's just say, uh, long haired cis hetero white guys who are in their no, 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 early saying- early forties uh, and happen to have a podcast about game design, uh, no, I'm, I'm not so interested. Not, I'm certainly not saying <laughs> we should try to write any of the poetry tonight. Uh, so it can it can be the MacGuffin of this discussion of the game. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with with having some poetry in the game itself, like having if it works with whatever the stories or the gameplay. Uh, but um, we don't have a game yet, so yeah, I'm just trying to think. 
Um, is this about a is this is this about a world where they are trying to automate poetry? Like you know AI. There's a lot of you know artificial intelligence that's becoming more powerful, or there are yeah like androids and robots who aren't understanding. You know, you could write a very. I'm sure you could write a very. I'm sure, one could write a very point, not us a very poignant <laughs> game uh, about you know poetry, the death of poetry in an automated you know robotic society. Uh, <clears throat> little enclaves of of artists and poets that are hiding from. You know, from the from the, the robotic world, the the, the roving world. squads of you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> roving roving death squads, <laughs> roving death squads, just taking out anyone creative. Mm. Um, I'm dark. going. I'm going to suggest something. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Technical rough repaired asterisk asterisk not asterisk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Asterix, Obelix. Yes, so it's setting goal. (laughs) (laughs) Fight the Romans. Um, Okay, where my mind went with this, actually. So, a technical rough made me think of, like, a blueprint, but not, like, a rough blueprint. Mm -hmm. And the the idea of a rough blueprint having an asterisk on it, like, you know, whatever- um, a footnote, but you don't, but the, the but there's no re- you don't know what the footnote is. It's been removed, or it was never put on, or like that. That kicks off the story. Is like you have you have a technical a rough technical blueprint for some sort of technology. It doesn't fully explain how to create it because there's an asterisk on there of basically like need to solve this bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe it's kind of about like seeking out. Or finding the person who created it, or it, it's it's basically a game version of uh, step one, do this. <laughs> step two, uh, question. Step mark. three, profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're trying to fill the blanks. Uh where? So, I mean, I kind of like that as a premise. But so, who finds it? Where do they find it? Who who originally created it? Is this sort of a like? Kids find the teenagers find it in like oh, their the grandfather's old. I feel like we do that a lot. Yeah, I I think we do that a lot. I think this could come into one of those things of let's just say I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy recently, and yep. one of the things that they brought up in there was like, uh, you know, a daughter comes to the same hospital where her mother was mm. in her prime and all this sort of stuff, and I like the idea yep. of like. Your mother's gone missing. Okay. And she was an engineer. She was an engineer and you're, you're a daughter coming into, into your own. Mm-hmm. And you find, like, you've got basically all her journals and you've always had them. And you finally bring up this, this blueprint going, I, I need to solve this now. Mm, okay. Are you, is it sort of a similar thing then? Are you working for the same company com- that she you was? You know, the company for? that she yeah. was like the head, you know. The, the top-notch engineer, star yeah. engineer at. Before her mysterious disappearance. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Because then we can we can tie that mystery into whatever this thing is and what exactly. it does. Some sort of power source or some sort of, you know, advanced technology for, like, I don't know, 
instant, like some sort of quantum entanglement communication or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. What is she trying to build or what was she trying to build? Whether it was, you know, is this an intradimensional transporter or something like that? But Yeah, well, I guess the question is, like, was she trying to build something and succeeded and that's where she went? Or was she trying to build something and it went wrong and that's like, and that's what, like, it did something that it was not intended to do or that it was not, she didn't predict it would do. Um, but yes, had a, had the same sort of result of like, oh, now she's, you know, lost in the quantum realm. There's just, there's something about like, I'm sort of thinking the, the reason why something went wrong and we can obviously change this if we don't want to is because of the, the idea that every single thing that could happen has happened somewhere in the, you know, in the yep, one of the like multiple, multiverse, multiverse yep. sort of things. The only way this works is if you are the only one to turn it on at that particular time. If not, then something goes wrong. But of course, if everyone at all times could be doing everything, mm. then you need to have like some sort of quantum entanglement um, okay. device that, That's interesting. that makes it so you are the only one who has the idea to turn it on right at the second. <laughs> or some way. To communicate with all other universes at once, which is an interesting kind of paradoxical sort of thing in a way of, because <laughs> I just, I just had the idea of like, you get to the point, you, you solve it where it is like, oh yeah, like only one universe can turn this on at once. Mm-hmm. So we've invented a thing to like send a, essentially like communicate across all multiverses and either send a, a, a red light to say, don't turn it on, or a green light to one single multiverse at that point who, to turn it on. But you're never, you spend like 17 years waiting to be that one multiverse, like waiting for your turn, essentially, because there's an infinite amount out there. And here's the thing. <laughs> I, did ha- I did have the thought that because there is an infinite amount, and yep. numbers can obviously go to an infinite amount. Yeah. Every second, if, if you broke up that, that second, like if you went to infinite number of digits. Yeah. Within each second, each, each universe could be, could be assigned one, you know, micro milli all the, all the way down into infinite, se- infinite, one infinite fraction of a section, of, second. Of exactly. It, each universe gets given one of those. And so every yep. second they can turn it on, but they've, it's all about learning which one is yours. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I think that is funny. I, I, I mean, less less funny. I think that makes no sense. Uh, in in a way, I think what we what it is is that yes, you've you have invented. You do need to invent a way to communicate with all multiverses. It's an automated thing, like you said, that essentially it's a coordination. It, it coordinates it so that only one, yeah, only one uh, universe can have theirs turned on at any point. But it's not that it, like yeah, it, it is. It is split up to that degree of like it's essentially like multiplexed across infinite universes. So it becomes just a techno babble MacGuffin at that point to solve the problem. Yes. Um. But yeah, I do. I do. I, I think there is still a bit of a delay though. Like you, you, even though I guess maybe technically you could split it up into an infinite, an infinite of a second. <laughs> <laughs> That actually there's like a minimum, uh, you know, there's like a five minute, uh, there's some sort of law of the universe that 
actually it's it's five minutes. Like you can only <laughs> split infinity into five minute sections for this to work properly. <laughs> That's the minimum time to let every universe have a turn. <laughs> I think it just broke. Things, but- <laughs> it turns out that in- infinity is divisible only by <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by thirty six hundred seconds. Or whatever it is. Wait, is that no? That's an hour. Is it? No, no, no. <laughs> that's just. It's so funny because it's just so stupid, but it's so awesome at the same so time. Like- then I just like because I can just picture scenes then of like. You just, you have to wait, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, it's going to be our turn again soon. Infinite other universes are also trying to save their mothers. <laughs> <laughs> so, where has she gone then? If, if there's, I mean, I, I, I guess the thing is, it's not that infinite other ones are actually trying to save it. There is going to be, oh, in, in infinite universes, there's only going to be a subset of that. I mean,. Can you have a sub- now? It's getting into the weeds because you, you, you cannot of have infinity? a su- you, you cannot have really- a, have a subset of infinity, uh, which is kind of weird because technically there are you know when when you look at infinity there are infinite numbers within infinity within between each. It's such single a weird thing digit. because there must there are be infinite sure, like digits within as well. infinite. If there are literally <laughs> infinite universes where everything is happening, everything everywhere all, all at once. Go see it in theaters now. It's amazing. Um, yeah, don't 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 download it from um like a, a torrent or anything like that. Even though they no, I would never have done that. Things. I don't have four kids, and I can go to the movies whenever I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> if there are infinite universes with everything happening in it all like, all the time, yep, all the time. Some of them, then this isn't happening exactly. But also, it's happening in infinite of. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can't say that, like, 5% of that infinite amount, no. like- <laughs> It doesn't work that way. To- yeah. Anyway, my brain's breaking. Um, I do love this idea. Uh, there, there's one- There's at least one of them that you- that you come across in which, um, the- uh, the system itself got blown up and mm-hmm. it, hap- it, it happened to be called like, you know, um, the event or something like that, where they right, happened so- to turn on at the same time as something else and <laughs> something came through that they, um, that caused this huge event. And maybe it's, it's like a MacGuffin so, sort okay, of thing maybe, of which maybe you think happens. that's where your mum went, but it's, it's not. It's not. Well, because what I was going to say is maybe just to fucking <laughs> add more complications, maybe when, more than one universe turns this on at once. It creates enough, like, energy or whatever or, or a particular, like, resonant frequency across universes to punch a hole into a different multiverse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, like, a, or basically, like, a different plane of existence then. So, we've got our infinite universes here. But there's another set of infinite universes on a See, different plane. What I was thinking that you were going to say is, if you happen to both turn it on at the same time, it merges those two universes together, just mashes them together, and kind of Ooh, creates a Cronenberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it, like literally the matter of those universes just smashed together and like jams <laughs> together in weird ways. 
Uh, I mean, that would, that wouldn't make sense though, because if your mother has done that, then your universe would be. She tra- she traveled merged. first accidentally. She traveled first. Yeah. She quantum leaped. Um, she quantum leapt into another universe and mm-hmm. just into another version of herself. And then she was Cronenberg. Yeah. I hate when you quantum leap and then get Cronenberg. Uh, and then sometimes you end up in like, you get Jurassic Parked. Mm. Um, you don't want to get Stranger Things either. No, especially not with Vecna around now. I haven't watched it yet. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's that one universe where all movies are verbs and that's just a horrible place. Mm, very, very much so. Mm. Video drone. Three, two, one, click. Just a movie at the end there. was perfect. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, excited heating arc carpet ARC or ARK ARC. Ooh, okay. So I'm thinking carpet static electricity mm-hmm. creates an arc, arc of electricity. electricity. Um, excited okay. like that's. I mean, uh, exciting the the electrons. Yeah. To, yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm thinking then that this is some sort of. I want to come up with some good gameplay around, like, rubbing your feet across carpet and powering things or zapping things or, you know, is this sort of a, some sort of, I mean, some sort of combat-based game or even a puzzle game, maybe, where hmm. you've got carpeted sections, non-carpeted sections, yeah. and you have to be able to build up a charge to do certain things, you know? I like. I like it a lot. Um, I, I like the idea of harnessing static electricity to, you know, uh, overload door sensors and, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mostly like the idea that you've got a, you've got a shuffle button, <laughs> like a trigger. You hold down the right trigger and you're, that's when you're shuffling, you're rubbing your feet and generating the electricity. And if you let it go, you're just walking normally. You're not going to, you're not going to generate the static. You know what? Um, you know what would be great if it happened. Hmm. You had you have like your Q sort of character who cuts up some of the carpet and slips it inside your shoe as like a as like an insert, <laughs> and therefore you've always got it there that you can <laughs> like just move your feet a little bit inside and just- inside your shoe. Yep. Uh, yeah. That I mean that might be maybe that's the you know the end level sort of final final overpowered stage where you can just you've got a constant stream of static uh yeah but you've also got like a a, a lead sort of connecting the two together so that <laughs> <laughs> just alligator clipped on <laughs> uh I, I like this as like a puzzle game's interesting because you could probably i'm sure you could come up with some puzzles where it's like you know you you you've only got a certain little stretch of carpet but it's not near the thing you actually have to do and so mm-hmm. you have to find ways to like charge it up and then not discharge it or something like certain surfaces will or will discharge it or yeah it's usually uh this stuff called metal um if you well, get yeah. if you get near metal then it i know something just seems to seems to suck it out of out of the body so nobody knows it's never been solved but either that or little kids. Um, little kids are, you know, they're little they're, kids are great static magnets. Yeah, <laughs> they take they take that out all the time. Oh, carpet is one way of getting static electricity, but balloons you rub yes. that against your head. It's like, yep. and that's that's like your quick fix. But your your ultimate one is like if you can if you can sort of uh, 
shuffle a bit on the carpet, then you get the ultimate sort of zzzz. Are there other things, like, is this maybe just one gameplay mechanic? Are there other things? Well, we've got heating. Yes. If we're talking sort of annoying everyday, like, things. Friction. Cold hands. Cold hands, yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have the opportunity to, like, grab something cold and then you use cold hands as a weapon and people are like, oh, that's really <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> you get water on your hands and then you put it all over someone's face. <laughs> it's like, do yeah. you hate it when you piss on your hands? <laughs> <laughs> it's just all these, like... It's all those childish, like... Stupid childhood things. Um, trampolines. Static. Mm. Uh, and and really bad, especially if you double bounce someone. Like, you can break people's legs and stuff. I'm I'm picturing now a, a like, a boss level where, where <laughs> you're, like... Diff- oh, yeah, maybe a boss level. I was gonna where say, you're I double bouncing, game, like... I like, a, I like a trampoline minigame where you have to double bounce. <laughs> <laughs> But you can get you can get double bands yourself. Oh yeah! So you got to be careful. It's yeah. a dangerous game. Very dangerous, and it's a best of three. Um, well, you've only got two legs, so yeah. Every time you get double bounce, one of your legs breaks. Potentially depends if you get launched over over like the safety barrier because on these trampolines, of course, you got the safety barrier so that you can I mean, maybe hit them like trampolines at my house. The safety barrier doesn't last long and has huge holes in it and gets torn down until you have to dismantle the trampoline. Um, but maybe we don't need to go that far in this game. Uh, maybe not. Um, okay, what what else is there from our childhood that you know, would annoy. Um, I mean, there's got to be some sort of food thing. Oh, the most Maybe dangerous, like the most dangerous weapon of all. Peas. No. no, I was actually thinking a uh, a small water bottle that has been frozen that you throw at someone because that is <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that is really fucking dangerous. I forgot that people would do that. Yeah, like they bring a f- they like because they. Their mum or whatever would freeze their water bottles so they had cold water all day. Yeah. And they just peg it at someone. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you, if you remember Brandy. School children. Do you remember, do you remember the game ba- yeah. Brandy? Which was usually the- um, Just like throw a, te- usually throw a tennis ball. Throw a tennis ball. ball. But then the worst one, which is when they dunk it in water and throw it at you, which would like oh, add to the weight of it. Now you what freeze with- one of those. <laughs> What is wrong with the children? I know. <laughs> I just love Randy. That was a good game. You get pegged in the back it's of the head. It's a good game in general. <laughs> I was never good enough at it to nah, like I not be scared of playing it. <laughs> Basically. Um Basically a whole game release. a whole game around, you know, childhood Arburns. games. Yes, don't call it by by the colloquial no. name because they're no, that's that's bad. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Tell your mum I saved you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just imagining uh you could I know, I was thinking of an almost multiplayer version where, you know, everyone's foot is in the center and you go dip, dip, dip. There's a party on the oh, hill, yeah. would you like to come? <laughs> like dip dip dog shit. Um you are not it. Yeah, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I do like an idea of like playground games with consequences. Like, yeah, it could be an interesting Mario Party esque thing. Actually, like that's it's moving. I mean, not we we haven't really reached a good game no, point no, anyway. No. Like a schoolyard Mario Party esque thing where you do just have all these little mini games 
And yeah, like one of them is going through the, like it's now going through the school, whatever to, with the static electricity one or whatever. It's like you just sort of zap as many people as you can. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like a, a competitive couch thing. Yeah. And then you got the scarecrow, scarecrow tiggy game where, you know, you got to go into the scarecrow, but then if someone goes in between your legs, you're, you're free again. You're free. You yeah. British bulldog where you can, you literally take off kids' heads. Like just full fucking on clothesline tackle. Them. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I still can't believe that that down ball that happened at our school all the freaking time. That kid was decapitated. Yeah, that was that was horrible. Especially in the, like who would have thought in a down ball game that a kid would get decapitated? So you think of anything so bad in America? Yeah, British bulldogs and decapitations in Australia. Like we just don't talk about it. Enough. Oh, it never it ne- never happened in British bulldogs. It always happened in down ball. Like some kid would get pissed off and then they just decapitate another kid. Yeah, well. You know, we shouldn't have been using those bladed weapons as instead of tennis balls. We were just stuck with the classics. Yeah. But that's the outer east high schools, <laughs> public high schools for you. I, I still remember, uh, sort of, you know, the rules of barley and that sort of stuff where, you know, yeah. uh, especially in Tiggy, you no tag backs and all that sort of stuff. Um, which, you know, it always sucks when you you tag someone and they tag you right back. It's like get fucked. Like you can't I do, do like that. that. Always there's a gameplay thing though of like you, you you've got tagging on one trigger and and running away on the other trigger, and you've just got to be quick enough to be like tag it out of the way. But if they're fast enough on the tag back, then you'll still it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you if you quick onto the barley button, it's like barley barley. You can't get me. <laughs> you move close to like well. <laughs> Because I remember after playing, it was like something wood is barley or something like, or a particular <laughs> fucking garbage can or something. <laughs> and so, yeah, it'd be like, tag barley. <laughs> <laughs> but that's strategy. That's strategy, right? That's valid. Yeah. Well, the schoolyard, anything goes on the schoolyard. I mean, you know, schoolyard hide and seek. And that could be fun in a game in, in the fact that you've got lots of people who- or lots of NPCs and that aren't even part of the game, right? Like lots of kids. Oh, are I see. Right around yeah. around the schoolyard, it's like these AI controlled school kids, and you're looking you're for find someone specific. You know, specific people. I, can't I like that actually. Almost a bit of like a spy party, but in plain sight. Yeah, because you're playing like four players or something. You know, you've got one person seeking, three people hiding, and they have to. Do you, do you remember the Do you remember the game where you go off and hide? And then you had to make it back to home base. Oh, like forty forty home. Yeah, that's what I. That's how we played. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. That- I'm picturing a like top down view or like three quarter view sort of thing. Single screen, four player, one person's. You know, they have to like whatever they're counting. One person go has to count from a particular spot. Everyone else runs out, but they run yet yeah, into these crowds of NPCs. So you, it's basically impossible for the player who's seeking to like track them all to know where they're hiding. So you're going to be able to hide. Um, but then yeah, you can't just like stay in that hiding spot. You have to then strategically make your way back to home base. Or if, so if they've if- gone out and then you, you make the run for it and try to make it to, yeah. To but then they peg you with a brandy ball, <laughs> a wet bra- a wet tennis ball on the way back to home base. That decapitates and then you because it was frozen. <laughs> zap you with static electricity. Schoolyard games. I, re- I reckon that's that's like 
Yeah, yeah in fact, there's some cool. In fact, go, going back on an old Sierra thing, Hoyle's Schoolyard Games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hoyle was like a particular I dude. I know. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hoyle's Book of Schoolyard Games. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I do like it more as like a Mario Party kind of thing. Uh, I feel like that, and maybe not all as quick as a Mario Party game, so you do have some like larger scale ones like the 4040 home or or whatever or or like the static electricity one through the hallways could be sort of a you know uh you know it's like a five minute multi-round or something you know five ten minute two minute two three minute rounds or whatever yeah um but then it then you go out and you're on maybe you're on a down ball court <laughs> it's like you've got the squares that you're trying to make your way up um and you know, each each thing that you can land on is a different yeah different game then. Well, I can just imagine that you know you're moving your character around and you've you've got to sort of uh, hit at the right time and sort of also be able to aim while you're moving and all this sort of stuff. Think about where you go. Oh yeah, I mean even just a plain downball game could be could be quite good. Actually, what would be interesting about a downball game is if you don't restrict them to the like to the square. So like if they just move in one direction too much, they out of the square, which I think was a penalty, wasn't it? If you actually leave the no, square, no, you're you're allowed to leave the square. It's just that you just can't, you have to bounce it. In ha- it had to go like- in your square first, and then into the other, per- then into the next person's square. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, but yeah, that's that's sort of like fast. My my fast fingers aiming. used to hurt like buggery in down ball because we'd always play it in like winter. Oh yeah, with like the oh, yeah. hardest fucking tennis ball in the world. There's like <laughs> bang. Oh, that was a uh, finger. Like I was always so bad at, t- at down ball too. It got so competitive, man. Like it was such a competitive game. If you, you know, if you weren't good at it, then you'd get fucking jeered at, and it didn't feel good. When I was in year seven and eight, uh, in fact, more year seven, I didn't hang around with the group of high school kids that I ended up hanging out with. I I hung around with actually some older kids. Mm-hmm. And like in year seven, I was, I was hanging around with some year tens because I, I had friends that were in, in year 10. Right. So when I was over there with them, like playing down ball on the big down ball court, like, oh yeah, you know yeah. which one that is near the portables, yep. like at, uh, the other side of like the locker bay, there was that massive, yep. massive down ball court. I, remember. I played it there. The, it was all the place the that time. I got into <laughs> the only semi. Like fist fight that I have had, but because I was with all the year tens, it didn't really matter. Yep. Like because they protected me and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. If you ever got to the top of that, you were king of the down ball court, literally. Yeah, because that was the name of the square. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, oh, so such good memories. All right, well, got bullied that, like crazy. No, but- <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, me too. Uh, on that reminiscent note of our heyday of. High school. God damn it. Well, that was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> over 20 old, fucking years. We're old. Anyway, if you want to find us online, listen to our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Uh, they're all there. Uh, all Every single one of them. Hundreds. Hundreds. Mm. Leave us a review. Yes. If you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode that song is called Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure by the band Kuradust that can be found on bandcamp.kuradust.com no kuradust.bandcamp.com <laughs> whatever google well, it somewhere there. google it google it mate so thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm I'm Ben Slinger I'm an old fart called Trevor and dip dip dog shit you are not it that's 29 years ago <laughs> <laughs>